Welcome to Now Let's Talk, the podcast, where Vanessa Corwin and Kathleen Kahn will be talking to people about the challenges they're experiencing because of the COVID pandemic. Hello, I'm Vanessa Corwin. And I'm Kathleen Kahn. For documentary filmmakers who in normal times find it difficult to secure funding and resources, the COVID landscape is particularly daunting. Our guest today is Laverne Berry, an entertainment lawyer who works with many documentary filmmakers. She's also a documentary producer herself, having produced and participated in Capturing the Flag, which deals with voter suppression. Laverne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Laverne, can you take us through some of the obstacles that filmmakers face and what they are doing to get their project done during COVID? Well, for the first couple of weeks um, that COVID was around, everyone thought, okay, we'll just kind of sit put and see what happens and we'll go on as normal. But it became clear back in the spring that we were not going to be getting back to normal anytime soon. And so then the documentary filmmakers started to think, how is it that I'm going to get done what I need to get done to be able to go forward um, on my projects? How am I going to be able to interview the person that I can't be with? How am I going to be able to be shooting in places where there usually a lot to crowds and now no crowds exist. Um, and slowly but surely, the clients that I've dealt with found different solutions to be able to go forward. In one situation, I had a client who was doing a very intimate documentary um, with a, a kind of a portrait of an individual. And after some thinking about this, he recognized that there might be a way to do this as an animation. Um, So he set about exploring that and ended up deciding, yes, I can tell the story of this person as an animated piece. Now, of course, that brought on some additional um, difficulties for documentary. Because yes, when you go out and film, you might shoot yourself or you might um, hire somebody to do that or you might have a sound person there. And those are all costs, um, but they're not the same cost as hiring an animator to tell your story. And it may be more for one or more for the other, depending on what you're, you are trying to do. So, so did, was there any interview with the person involved at all, or was it entirely told in the animation? Um, there was some interview with the person involved. Um, some of it had been shot before, um, and so he had that footage. Um, but as with him and many others, Many of my um, filmmakers found ways to do the Zoom interview or um, the outside interview, uh, all the things that 
one needed to do to be able to get that same content. Um, and so that piece is going forward. And is it the same piece that it would have been without COVID? No, it's not. But is it a good piece? I think it's going to be a good piece. Right. So interesting. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a documentary animated. Is this um, a first? Um, no, it's not a first. There have been documentaries about um, individuals that have been animated before. Um, what's great about the creative climate at this point, that there are documentaries that mix um, live footage and animated footage. Uh, and I have another client who in fact have done, has done that. So they had um, interviews with women talking about a historical time and there was no historical footage. And so animated footage of what the folks on the screen were talking about was a way to bring that to life. So it's, it's you know, creative people are very creative um, and they are finding ways to rise to this occasion. So um, I would think that, especially for the first uh, client that you that you mentioned, to add animation would mean an increase in the budget. With is that right? That is right. Um, adding animation um, did add an increase in the that budget, and even if it hadn't been that he added animation, some other clients are finding that being able to comply with the state regulated um, COVID interviewing and production rules are causing all sorts of additional costs. Aside from animation, when you're doing what is considered a regular documentary, do you find it difficult for actors to accept work during COVID and uh, also abide by these rules? And who is responsible for the tests? Well, again, it's, it's, it's determined in a local way. New York has rules, California has rules. I have a client who was slated to shoot in Canada and they had their own rules. Um, and so depending on the rules of the locale where you want to get out and do your shooting, you have to do different things from testing to where you can shoot to how many people that can be there to what kinds of precautions you have to take while you're doing shooting. And, um, and that very much has the possibility of having additional costs. Canada was not letting anyone from the United States in. So the shoot that was scheduled to happen there had to happen with him hiring additional people on the ground in Canada. That was additional cost. However, he didn't have to take his crew to Canada 
or lodge them and feed them in Canada. And so there was a bit of an offset there. So everyone is going back to their budgets and trying to figure out, you know, how much money do I have? How can I reapportion that money to make the piece that I really want to make? Do you think that the uh, potential added costs as a result of COVID has hurt uh, documentary filmmaking, set it back some? I think that it probably has, you know, as I've been trying to relate, people are being very clever, but, but additional costs or, a pen, or even potential additional costs sometimes make people delay. It also means that the discussions that one might be having with a distributor might be dip- different. Because um, if you thought that your original piece was going to cost X, and now it's going to cost X but plus Y because of the additional COVID costs, you're now going to be looking to try and recoup those costs when you go to make a distribution deal. And what makes that even a bit more uh, cumbersome is that distributors themselves are trying to figure out, well, how am I going to make this money back? How am I going to be able to distribute things? Is everything really going to be online and only online? And am I going to ever be able to see some of the money that I might have seen in a theatrical release or in other places? And so the, that conversation about how to get something distributed is also going on. And it's directly different because of COVID in terms of just the budget and in another way. The spring and the summer are very good times for film festivals, which is when filmmakers who have, you know, toiled sometimes for many years, hope to be able to show their work, have people in a place where they can talk to those people and actually get them to the distribution and deal table. Right. There's and, that in-person contact that is is such a, such such a thing at film festivals. Exactly, exactly. And without that film festival situation, you may not be able to see someone in a hallway and say, I know that you're really going to have a full schedule, but I really hope that you will come and see my film. And have that lead to a way that maybe your film is acquired for distribution. And so the fact that first film festivals were pushed back and then some were canceled and then some went forward, but went forward online uh, made for a very different climate this year. 
did any of your filmmakers, uh, were they successful in making contact with potential distributors through this altered state of film festivals? Um, they were. One thing I have to say about documentary filmmakers is in most cases, they are relentless. And so they're going to try and find a way. Um, and some did in fact find a way. And we will see as we go into next year, um, how successful of both the hookups that they made on the, on the online version of these film festivals and also the appetite that the audience has. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see how that all plays out. I was uh, lucky enough to see your documentary that uh, you participated in capturing the flag. Are you working on anything personally for yourself these days? I am not. I was involved in doing the documentary capturing the flag because I have, you know, for a very long time volunteered during elections to do voter protection work. And one of my clients asked if they could follow a group of us doing that work. And, and after originally being amazingly camera shy, I said, okay, because I thought it was interesting and important to get out that story. Fortunately, there is no story at the moment that I have to get out. So I'm very happy helping other people get out their stories. So what do you think is the biggest challenge these days for doc documentary filmmakers? I think that the challenges remain the same. Um, I mean, COVID heightens all of the challenges and maybe skews things and delays things. But the challenge for documentary filmmakers is always about making sure that you get or have the idea of a good story, finding the people that will support you. And that's both financially and through your crew and through and emotionally, because these things usually take a long time. And then getting that out to your audience. Those three things are always going to be part of the, of the challenges for documentary filmmakers. It's certainly true that documentary filmmakers rely a lot on donations and grants and the like to be able to go forward. And a lot of that kind of resource are going, it seems to be going these days to things that have to do with shoring up various people during this COVID um, emergency. And I think that fundraising is going to be difficult for a while but there will be a time, I hope and pray going forward, that funding will be able to come back, that you know, being able to tell the stories that come out of where we are now will be attractive to funders. One of the good things that may have come out of COVID is the fact that 
people are watching more than they may have before. Um, and I'm hoping that that will translate into bigger audiences going forward. So the future of documentary filmmaking looks bright, in other words. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and I'm sticking to it. You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you have any advice for documentary filmmakers out there who are maybe they're thinking about a project? Should I do it? Should I not do it? I always think that the important first step is really researching what it is that you think you need to do. Take the time to try and figure out how it is that you're going to go forward and what it is that you um, want to say. I mean, I'm a lawyer and I always encourage my clients to talk to me early because there may be ways to, legal ways to go about getting information or getting to people that doesn't come up when you first are thinking about things. And so just like you research the, the subject matter, re research how it is that you can actually get to that subject matter and how to make it as full as possible. So I would say that we're going into the winter. This is the, now the time to think, contemplate, and get ready as we move forward next year. If people have questions, how can they contact you? I have a website. Um, it's called Berry Entertainment Law. Come to my website. It has all of my contact information. And it also has some um, articles about the kinds of things that filmmakers ask about often, and that might be helpful to you. And it has a few videos from former clients to and some commentary about what kinds of work that I've done with them. So that might get you thinking. Laverne, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of your expertise and knowledge. And thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your comments and questions to info at nowletstalkthepodcast.com and check out our website at nowletstalkthepodcast.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.